0: Florida lawmakers are considering a piece of legislation that would limit academic freedom at public universities across the state. House Bill 999 also targets funding for diversity, equity and inclusion programs. It's the latest salvo in Governor DeSantis's war on what his administration calls woke culture and education, and it's alarming college faculty, students and free speech advocates. For more, we're joined by WUSF's Kathy Carter. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, glad to be here, Matthew.
0: A recent seminar on higher education held at New College in Sarasota highlighted threats to academic freedom at colleges and universities. Now, you covered that seminar. What was the takeaway?
1: The uh, takeaway is that Florida university and college professors are are very concerned about the proposal, which is known as HB 999, which would, among other things, uh, place restrictions on what ideas, actually, faculty and students can talk about on campus. It bans any funding for diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. And one of the bigger things that I heard the concern about would allow appointees of Governor Ron DeSantis to evaluate and hire faculty.
0: Mm -hmm. New College has been in the spotlight in recent months following the removal of the president of New College and Installation of former Education Commissioner Richard Corcoran in her place, and a swath of new board members who share the ideological focus of Governor DeSantis when it comes to education. What did you hear from the New College faculty at the seminar?
1: Right, yeah, the uh, seminar did take place on the New College of Florida campus, And there were six professors from across a spectrum of public colleges and universities, some private as well, from USF, from Ecker College, UF, um, among others. And uh, they were just discussing what some of the implications of this bill would mean, you know, for their jobs and for students. And they just say that the language of this bill is just so vague that uh, a lot of people are just going to be basically scared to teach because... It's just so vague they're not really sure if they're they're breaking any of the rules that this language has. Now the bill does say that even general education courses may not, quote, suppress or distort significant historical events or include a curriculum that teaches identity politics or defines American history as contrary to the creation of a new nation based on universal principles stated in the Declaration of Independence. But uh, the really vague part they're worried about, it says not promote the values necessary to preserve the constitutional republic and cannot be based on unproven theoretical or exploratory content, well, isn't that what science is? Science is all unproven and theoretical.
0: Now, the faculty who are at the seminar obviously speaking out about their concerns, but in general, is there a sense that they're, they are afraid to speak out, and particularly if the bill passes in some form?
1: It really depends. Even Jeremy C. Young, who was at the uh, seminar, who works with PEN America, which is a nonprofit advocacy group for uh, freedom of speech, said he understood why some Florida professors would not speak out or would not leave the state. You know, they have families, deep connections in Florida, so you know you can't just say just leave and, and go teach elsewhere if you have deep ties here, if you have family here. But he said for those who can speak out, he is urging people to speak out uh, against this bill. Actually, over the weekend on Twitter, there was a professor. He's also the director of applied data science uh, for New College. He said he was hired at New College of Florida just before Governor Ron DeSantis appointed his new conservative appointees. And he had an open letter to President Richard Corcoran on Twitter over the weekend that said he is not going to be renewing his employment contract when it expires next August. And he actually said, quote, if I were more patriotic, I would burn the college's buildings to the ground. Wow. Yeah. And when a governor puts the leadership of a state school in an effort to make it a facsimile of Hillsdale, that is Fascism again. This was this uh, particular professor from New College of Florida on Twitter over the uh,
0: holiday weekend. Has there been some reaction to that tweet? Oh
1: yeah, it has. Five, at this moment in time, which is before Tuesday, it has over 500 retweets and and 2,000 likes. So
0: it's interesting that that's coming from somebody who's not teaching the humanities, too, right? Because one of the concerns I've heard from from faculty and others who are worried about this bill is it's much broader than just targeting some of the courses that DeSantis and his administration say they want to crack down on. It's it's a much broader bill than that.
1: It's broad. And as I mentioned before, many professors just say intentionally vague, just to make it just that chilling effect to, you know, I, I will just be so super careful um, because I'm not really sure if I'm you know, going against this bill. So I will just be as safe as possible.
0: Beyond new college, Kathy, what are you hearing about the impact of these new policies and the potential impact of this bill on colleges and universities in Florida?
1: So I did recently see a poll uh, that stated that one in 10 college age students in Florida are now considering moving out of state to attend college, which is a, a big deal, of course. Uh, right now, Florida state university system is currently ranked number one in the nation. So it, uh, a lot of people are actually asking why. Why are these changes necessary when we already have a world-class state university system? But of course, on the other side, supporters of these changes are saying that Florida state colleges and universities uh, have become way too liberal and need a course correction. And that is why Governor Ron DeSantis and his supporters are pushing so hard on this.
0: Where are we at with this bill? What are the next steps and are there some changes that could be made before it makes more progress through the legislature?
1: Well, this uh, bill is currently still in the committee process. So we're still at a point where changes can be made, things can be added, things can be subtracted. There is, the next hearing will be this coming Wednesday before the Education and Employment Committee.
0: Kathy Carter. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Matthew.
0: And you can find Kathy Carter's reporting on new college, academic freedom, and more on our website, wusfnews.org. You're listening to Florida Matters. We're talking about how new legislation that lawmakers are debating this session could affect faculty, students, and higher education in Florida. We'll hear from two college professors from the Tampa Bay region after the break. Welcome back to Florida Matters, I'm Matthew Petty. We're discussing academic freedom and new legislation, House Bill 999, that would limit what can be taught and eliminate diversity, equity and inclusion programs across public colleges and universities statewide. Among the speakers at a recent summit on higher education at New College in Sarasota was Jeremy C. Young, Senior Manager of Free Expression and Education with PEN America. It's an organization that advocates for freedom of expression. Young told the attendees, faculty from colleges and universities around the state, that the bill, if signed into law, would, quote, enact the most draconian and censorious restrictions on public education anywhere in the country. And while he said it won't be easy, Young encouraged them to counter the effect of what he calls educational gag orders. The forces arrayed against you are powerful, and they've made it their mission to make Florida the place where free speech and public higher education go to die. Only, I don't think they're right about that. Maybe I'm a blind optimist, but I don't think this is where higher education in America dies. I think this, right here, right now, today, is where the defense of American higher education is born. To dig deeper into the profound changes this bill could bring about to higher education in Florida, I spoke with two college professors who took part in a panel on academic freedom at the summit. We spoke via Zoom. Well, Diane Price-Herndel is the Department Chair and Professor of Women's and Gender Studies at the University of South Florida. Professor Price-Herndel, thank you so much for being here.
2: Thank you for having me
0: and Suzanne Harrison is a professor of rhetoric at Eckerd College in St. Petersburg. Professor Harrison, thank you as well.
3: Oh, thank you for having us.
0: So, Professor Price Hendel, I want to start with you. What impact would House Bill 8 HB 999 have on what you teach and how you teach it if it were enacted into law?
2: It would outlaw my department.
0: So, yeah, let's talk more about academic freedom. So, both of you were uh, took part in a seminar on higher education at New College in Sarasota a couple weekends back. Jeremy C. Young with Penn America said that, I'm quoting here, House Bill 999 would enact the most draconian and censorious restrictions on public education anywhere in the country. And he added, it would destroy the spirit of free inquiry, replacing it with a pervasive climate of fear. Is that an accurate description of the mood among university professors in Florida right now?
3: Yes, I believe it is.
0: So, Professor Price tell me more about that. Like, what what has the conversation been like amongst your colleagues, and I guess in the classroom as well with with uh, students?
2: My colleagues are scared. A number of people, their entire body of work is based on concepts that would be outlawed by the bill. And all of their teaching is based on that. So for them, there is a kind of pervasive fear that they'll lose their jobs. Um, We have already lost one faculty member who left because she was worried about her livelihood. My students are outraged. Their position is that they are adults. All of the classes that we teach are elective classes. No one is forced to take any of our classes and they all believe that as adults they should have the option of studying and discussing whatever they feel like they want to discuss.
0: Professor Harrison, h- how do you see this? Or so What's what's your assessment of the, the climate and what conversations are you having with, with your colleagues?
3: In reading the article in the Tampa Bay Times, about the faculty at New College who were told that they shouldn't even apply for tenure. The, the faculty who had completed the tenure track had actually been approved by a previous interim president, were told by the current interim president that they shouldn't apply. And the article stated that none of the other faculty there uh, were comfortable being interviewed and making a statement because they are afraid of retaliation and so I think it's that fear that if you even speak up about these issues publicly that you are running a risk. Now I'm at a private institution and so HB 999 doesn't apply to us, it doesn't affect us the way it does public institutions. So my colleagues, I guess I would say have the luxury of being furious and being openly furious about this because it is damaging um, not only to the public institutions, it's damaging to higher education across Florida. It is an intrusion on a, a diminishment or even an elimination of one of the fundamental values of higher education, which is academic freedom, which is that faculty are hired on the basis of their expertise, which they have earned over um, quite long and rigorous um, courses of study to make decisions about what should be taught in the classroom and to make those decisions responsibly. And there's all kinds of rules and regulations that surround that, but to have that taken away and replaced with ideologies from the state or from a religious perspective, I mean, that's simply that goes against uh, all of our values in higher education.
0: Professor Price Handel, if you take a slightly longer view of this, have there been times in over the course of your career where there have been equal threats laid out to what you teach and how you teach it, or is this unprecedented?
2: This is pretty much unprecedented. Um, It's been bad in the past, but never quite this bad. I should probably point out that this year, um, WGS at USF is celebrating our 50th anniversary of being a program at USF. So it's not like this is some new fad of something that we've just started this year and we've all gone crazy with. And I myself, I've been in higher education from graduate school to now more than 40 years.
0: Susan, what's your take on this from looking at it from a, a view of decades rather than the last couple of years? How unprecedented is this right now?
3: Oh, well, I do. I think it is unprecedented. HB 999 is a much broader, a much broader restriction on academic freedom. And it doesn't simply target one particular discipline, although, I mean, the discipline that Diane is a part of is targeted. It's not limited to that by any means. It's also the uh, restrictions, the emptying out of tenure, um, making tenure something that is uh, is not really tenure anymore and doesn't provide any kind of protection um, of academic freedom. I mean, that goes way beyond the kinds of restrictions that we might have seen in the past. So I do think that this is unprecedented.
0: And when you talk about the connection between tenure and academic freedom, could you just kind of explain that a little bit? So that that means that if you have tenure, you are sort of free to pursue research and, and not be afraid of of exploring certain avenues for fear of what may come down from your bosses, essentially.
3: Right. You're free to actually pursue... Um, research and to pursue knowledge in ways that might not agree with the politics or perhaps the religious views of um, those who are somehow in power, whether that is the state or whether it's the board of governors, um, but having that kind of freedom. Now, it, it is restricted by our professional standards. It's. This is not about you know pursuing ungrounded theories or ungrounded ideas. Um, this is not about going down whatever rabbit hole um, you want to. I mean, it has to. It's subject always to peer review and to the perspective of others in the field. But that has been the academic tradition for a century or over a century. And it has led to advances in knowledge, which is really its point. I think there's also a sense most people
2: in the public don't know what tenure is.
3: They think it's a thing where you get a job and then you
2: can never, ever be fired from that job. And that's really not what (laughs) tenure is. So first Mm -hmm. of all, just getting a tenure track job is tremendously difficult. You have to get a PhD, which involves all kinds of exams, writing a dissertation that you then have to defend. Then you have to try to get a tenure track job, which in these days is really difficult. Then you work for somewhere between six and eight years, depending on the university. And you're reviewed every year during those six to eight years. And then somewhere in that sixth to seventh year, you are reviewed by all of the members of your department. You're reviewed by a committee from the college. You're reviewed by the dean of the college. You're then reviewed by a university committee and you're affirmed by the provost, the president and the board of trustees. So usually you will, from the time you start graduate school until the time you get tenure, it's usually a minimum of about 12 years before you can even get tenure. So I've seen commentary in the news that um, they want to challenge tenure because there are all of these lazy faculty members who are uh, sitting around doing nothing but can't be fired. And A, I would say there's some of those in every profession that I can think of, but B, very, very few people exist in that world, because by the time you've been working on a project for 12 years, you're still interested in that project. You are still working and you're reviewed. And at that fifth year review, you can be removed if you are not really doing your work. The only thing that this new bill adds is now you could be removed because someone in political power doesn't agree with what you're teaching.
0: This the attack on tenure, but there's also this idea which is baked into some of these bills and laws that are working their way through the legislature about uh, political oversight of universities and who has control of who can be hired and fired at colleges and university, who can be appointed to a board, and the amount of control uh, that goes into hiring new faculty. What impact, Professor Price, and will that have on academic freedom?
2: It would be horrifying. The bills specifically say that uh, faculty can be hired with no regard to faculty oversight. So no president, however comprehensive and brilliant they are, is competent to evaluate every person who applies to a university and to know whether or not their record is defensible, whether their record is valid at all. I I would shudder to think what would happen if someone put me in charge of hiring engineers. I frankly depend a great deal on engineers to get things right so that buildings don't fall in on me and my electronics work. And I would really shudder to think if someone like me had to, opportunity to make hires in engineering without regard to what other engineering faculty thought and that's actually what the law allows.
3: It's actually what the law requires. Right. um, It's written now and so instead of hiring being done now as it is now by a committee of faculty who have expertise in the field it becomes really a political appointment um, more than anything else. And one of the impacts that we're seeing even in the private um, colleges and universities is that faculty don't want to come to Florida. And if we're seeing that in a private school, that we're seeing a difference in the number of applicants. Uh, We're seeing a difference in Applicants, once they get to an interview stage, I mean, it's one of the things they're asking, you know, how is this going to play out in Florida? And that's for us at a private school where we still have a robust system of tenure, where we are still committed to the protections of academic freedom. It's going to be much harder within the state system to actually attract the quality of faculty that we're used to seeing at the public institutions in Florida. I mean, we we have or we had one of the preeminent state university systems in the country, and HB 999 is going to damage that, is already damaging that.
0: So just to be clear, Professor Harrison, are you saying that uh, you've had people who are in the process of applying for jobs at Eckerd and they've they've had second thoughts and said, I don't want to go through with this anymore.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. And their faculty, they're they are not gender studies. I mean, it, I had a conversation um, and this was even before HB 999. This was as a result of the issues revolving expert testimony at University of Florida. A couple of years ago, I had a candidate in economics who said, nope, I've decided I'm not coming to Florida. This is not a state that is conducive. It's not going to create the kind of climate in which I want to work and teach and research. And so that was happening then, it's happening more now. So I should also add that it's not only preventing people from
2: coming to the state of Florida, but we're beginning to see poaching. A lot of the best faculty are now getting calls from peers in other states saying, you really need to get out of Florida. Why don't you come work at our university instead of where you are? Uh, We can promise you that you'll actually have tenure that's real tenure. This is happening across the board.
0: I did want to ask in closing, and I wanted to refer back to Jeremy Young from Penn America. He said in his keynote address uh, at the education, higher education seminar, that he doesn't think Florida is where free speech and public higher education go to die. But he said, this is where the defense of higher education in America is born. I want to hear what you think of that. And how does that defense happen? Um, Professor Price-Herndel, what do you think?
2: I hope he's right, but when people's livelihoods are completely threatened, and there should be no mistake about it, that's what we're talking about here, is we're talking about people being fired from their jobs because their politics do not align with the DeSantis administration and the current legislature. When that happens, it sets a precedent that is very frightening, and it should be frightening for people who agree with their viewpoint because we all know that politics in the United States kind of works on a pendulum. We go from a very conservative phase to a very liberal phase and back again to a conservative phase. It would be entirely possible if this goes through for a future liberal administration in Tallahassee to mandate that everyone has to teach these concepts. Neither of those would be a good position because Mm -hmm. what we want is to have faculty and students to have the right to make up their own minds and base their conclusions on reasoned thinking, not on what someone has dictated.
0: Professor Harrison, what is the role of a private higher education institution like ECAD in advancing the cause of academic freedom in the face of some of these challenges that we're talking
3: about? Well, I think that we have a responsibility to speak out because our livelihoods are not at stake in the same way. Um, And I think that faculty at uh, the college where I teach as well as faculty at private colleges um, across the state are trying to figure out what the best way is for us to help push back, to speak up and to engage the assistance you know, of some national organizations like the AAUP, like Penn, also the accrediting agency. I mean, I, I think it is it is interesting. We're, Colleges and universities in Florida are accredited by the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools, and one of the standards of accreditation reads, the institution publishes and implements appropriate procedures for preserving and protecting academic freedom. So I think that at private institutions, we are speaking up and we are looking for ways of trying to help organize, but I would say ultimately, I think that what we're seeing in HB 999 is related to other kinds of authoritarian initiatives that we're seeing that involve the restriction of voting access, eliminating reproductive rights, controlling trans bodies. These are all related to the restrictions on the freedoms of faculty to do their work. I think that um, we're going to have to see what happens in the election in 2024 and after to really see some changes take place in pushing back against these kinds of uh, restrictive regulations.
0: Well, I want to thank you both very much for joining me and for sharing your thoughts on what is a very difficult subject. Diane Price-Herndel, Department Chair and Professor of Women's and Gender Studies at the University of South Florida. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you. And Susan Harrison, Professor of Rhetoric at Eckerd College in St. Petersburg. Susan, thank you as well.
3: Well, thank you for addressing this important issue on Florida Matters.
0: And that's Florida Matters for this week. You can find us online at wusfnews.org or via Facebook or Twitter. Search for Florida Matters. Denora Prevost is our producer. I'm Matthew Petty. Thanks for listening.